Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Good morning and welcome to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, liberation, and empowerment. We are promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And we are here to help you, the listener, know, be, do, and impact the world around you. And of course, as always, every week, all the time, you're always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. Journey, You can... Uh, do so by the line calling uh calling and getting your comments, thoughts on the air. Three four seven two three seven five two three zero uh chat room. Um still still up. So um get in blogtalkradio.com, dot com, get in on the chat room. You gotta excuse me today, man. I tell you, I am fighting, fighting, fighting. Sinus is pollen and other stuff, so if I sound kinda doped up I am. <laughs> I, I, I love everything I do, but I tell you, sometimes, you know, you just got to wonder, why? Why in the world? But uh, at least I'm alive. I, I have no complaints about that. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> You're welcome to join us in Eliminate Journey. Cause 347-237-5230. Shoot us an email, uh, PastorLorenzo at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Prophesy. On our Facebook page, Zero Network. Um, uh, Skype, chat, Twitter, whatever else I may have missed. Hey, we're here, we're here, and we're glad that you're joining us with, uh, join all 50 of you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We have a great listening network, and I appreciate all of you. And it's another day journey, and I'm glad about it. Uh, and we'll a lot to talk about, of course, I want to get dig, uh, dig into this, uh, Trayvon Martin situation, of course, uh, so much more going on, and we'll get into that. I don't want to jump in too far ahead of that, but there's a lot going on. I want to take a different slant on some things, too, so um, really want your insight, really want your uh, your thoughts. So shoot us an email, get us in the chat room, uh, call in the number. We want to hear what you have to say about this incident uh, as it progresses. Is it really about race? Is it, is it really about race? Uh, why haven't they – haven't uh, some form of justice, at least arrest happened. We'll, we'll talk about that much more lately, uh, later on. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We want to always try to get get that done so that we can at least halfway think about what we want to say. <laughs> Father God, we just want to thank you for today. We praise you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you for every good and every perfect gift that comes from you. We realize, oh God, that we can do nothing of our own, but we can do all things through you who strengthen us. Bless the show. Bless the listeners. Bless the comments and everything else. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Again, y'all, I'm struggling. 
So if I miss stuff, or if, even if I have to cut the show short today, just bear with me, okay? We're going to do the best we can with what we have, while we have. I'm just glad to be inside. I went outside earlier to go to the gym, and I tell you, I, I made it in. I made it out. It's not sight. I don't have allergies. Uh, I don't have allergies. It's just, you know, the weather, it's cold at night, and it's warm during the day. And I'm glad I don't live in some areas where it's like that regularly, you know, uh, even during the summer months, in some areas of the country, it's always cold. <laughs> you know, it's always cool. Uh, you know, cold to me is 40, and 50 and 40. That's cold to me. I don't, you know. But those of you in the north and on the west coast and Oregon and Washington, uh, you know, more power to you. <laughs> more power to you. Uh, anyway, so I, I've been following the news. There are a couple of things I just want to uh, – I wanted to touch base on it. Actually, deal with athletics. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a basketball fan. I'm not one of hardcore fans, but the Final Four is finally upon us, and it's going to be in New Orleans, and everybody's going, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people are going to be down there enjoying it. And I tell you, I was surprised. I was honestly surprised by this Final Four bracket, uh, uh, as for b- both men and women in uh, any in the uh, NC. NCAA. Uh, I, I was really surprised. Um, you have uh, who is it right now? Um, I just lost it just that quick. Um, for the women, um, you have now my computer decides it wants to move slow. I tell you, I don't know what to say. You have Baylor, um, Notre Dame, uh, Stanford or Notre Dame or Connecticut, and um, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm didn't expect that um, those groups. Let me move on because I'm, I'm, I'm just, I tell you, it's just not it ain't happening for me. Moving on to the boys now. The, uh, for the boys, for the boys, I tell you, I really, I watched, I watched the games this weekend. I don't know how I made time to do it, but I watched the games this weekend, and I was just, you know, I was really pulling, I was really pulling for uh, Florida. Uh, I wanted Florida to win, but, but hey, you know, the better team had to drive. And I, when I watched that, when I watched that last few seconds of that game, I was like, wow. Uh, they just did it. Uh, Louisville just really did it. That's that's a good thing. It, it, it surprised me. Now, um, now the other team. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. The other team. Um, I wasn't too far, fond of. I wasn't really caring about. But they're here, and the only thing you can say is that they are here. So who are who are you pulling for? Louisville, Kansas. Who, who, who are you pulling for? I, I I really I really don't know, but I, I tell you this much: um, uh, Ohio State really looking good to me. So it's probably who I go with Ohio State. I want them to go for, and only largely because one of my mentors in college uh, is a graduate of the Ohio State University, and. Uh, Really big on there, but you know, I, I also looked at Division Two and Division Three teams, and <clears throat> and, and <clears throat> excuse me, it's just amazing how um, how how these teams uh, how these teams get neglected sometimes. Division One schools, Division Two schools. As you can tell, I am not an authority on this, so I'm probably stepping out of my comfort zone. But you know, I'm trying to live a little bit. <clears throat> excuse me. Trying to live a little bit, and I think it's wonderful. Uh, oh, the other thing that caught my attention is, um, you know, this Tim Tebow thing in New York. I, I have absolutely no idea why they are making this into. It's amazing they're making this into a religious issue, a political issue. The man plays football. The man plays football, and he does what most people, most guys do. You know, he kneels and says a prayer. Says a prayer. I, I mean. What's the big deal? Uh, everybody has some kind of move that they do when they do something big, and Tim Tebow is out. Uh, what has been called an outspoken Christian, I, you know, 
I think he's just a Christian, period, who just, you know, evangelical. And they, but what what I know? Anyway, so he's been traded from Denver to uh to New York Jets and I watched the I watched the broadcast, uh the uh press conference of him and it was amazing how they were asking him questions about, you know, they're owning up to Sin City, you <laughs> New York. They're saying, you know, it's like him coming to Solomon Gomorrah or something like, you know, they are they are, it's like they're waiting for him to get there so the big apple can eat him up morally. You know, it's just a, I mean, that says a lot in itself. You know, you have more people who are outraged. You know, you have a lot of people who are outraged that he's coming because of his conservative Christian views and, you know, they're and matter of fact, one MSNC commentator stated that um, that just because he was traded to New York, he's going to set the entire New York City back, the entire area back uh, 40 to 50 years. And I'm like, wow, really? Really, though? You know, he, he I mean, Tim Tebow coming to New York City is infringing upon the um, freedoms of of gays, African Americans, and women, you know, all because he kneels when he, you know, throws a good thing. I don't, you know, Tebow's that, you know, it's kneeling to me, you know, and they're they're afraid that the kids are going to be influenced and yada yada yada. It's just a bunch of bull to me. But that hey, what, what do I know? Again, I'm not a sports enthusiast, not a sports fan. I'm just, you know, I've just been halfway paying attention to the news. <laughs> just halfway paying attention to the news. And it's just interesting to me how an athlete, you know, how an athlete is, is such a, you know, not a hot commodity, but a, a very divisive commodity right now regarding you know, morality of the nation. I, I, hey, <sighs> boy. So Magic Johnson and a group he led has bought the Dodgers, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, for two billion dollars. Wow, two billion dollars. Magic, I tell you, um, I don't know how you've done what most of you <laughs> you've done, but man, I, I tell you, just go ahead, brother, buy up everything. You've lived. 20 years longer than you were supposed to live. So, hey, more power to you. And congratulations you, to you and your group now. Make something of it. I, I don't. I used to follow baseball a lot, but, hey. Yeah, and, you know, if you didn't know the situation regarding the Dodgers and, and the owner and, and the divorce and all that stuff, it's just amazing sometimes what people do to get out of paying money in a divorce element. But, hey. Again, I divorce, I diverse, uh, I digress. I'm off track. Blame the sinuses. Don't blame me. <laughs> um, I, I, there was something else I wanted to read. Oh yeah, I, I read uh, one more thing regarding sports. I guess this whole little first segment is just going to be about sports. I, I don't know. Yeah, don't talk about me too bad. <laughs> but uh, so there's there's a um, the NBA is is playing around, tossing around the idea of putting advertising on their jerseys. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I, this is my take on it. Uh, you have enough sponsors, you know, team, uh, they have to wear particular shoes. The coaches have to wear particular, um, you know, they have to have particular uh, instruments that they use. And you have, uh, you have corporations sponsoring the big, um, Coliseums and stadiums that they play in, and you would think there's enough advertising. You have major advertising during the game, but now they want to go a step further and put an advertising on the show. I want to hear your thoughts, your thoughts about that. You know, uh, is that pushing it a little too far? Is that is that infringing on the rights of the players? Should a player be forced to wear a uniform that is that has a corporate sponsor on it outside of the team itself? I, yeah, you know, that's something to think about. Yeah, where the player writes about that. I want to see if they're going to rally. <laughs> I mean, it took them long enough to negotiate their, you know, their little deals to get the season started. And I'm just wondering, this is a step further in the players being less of uh, less of players and more 
uh, commodities. Hmm. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know. Uh, maybe I've talked enough. Y'all think I've talked enough? Yeah, I think I've talked enough. I think it's take, time for me to take a break. And um, on the other side of this break, what we will do, we will get into our commentary uh, uh, regarding the regarding the Trayvon Martin case and all that's surrounding it right now. There's so much. And uh, I mean, I want to help confu- uh, clear up some of the confusion. Uh, add to the dialogue and the commentary that's already there. So take a quick break. Be right back. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com When BT made a commitment to the golf, we knew it would take time, but we were determined to see it through. Today, while our work continues, I want to update you on the progress. BT has set aside $20 billion to fund economic and environmental recovery. We're paying for all spill-related cleanup costs, and we've established a $500 million fund so independent scientists can study the golf's wildlife and environment for 10 years. Thousands of environmental samples from across the Gulf have been analyzed by independent labs under the direction of the U.S. Coast Guard. I'm glad to report all beaches and waters are open for everyone to enjoy. And the economy is showing progress, with many areas on the Gulf Coast having their best tourism seasons in years. I was born here. I'm still here, and so is BP. We're committed to the Gulf for everyone who loves it and everyone who calls it home. Lorenzo Neal, <clears throat> glad to have you back. Sorry we were bothered by the designers. Man, I tell you, it just got me all over the place. Uh, sometimes I wonder, should I just stay in the bed and not done anything today? Yeah, that sounds better now. <laughs> but, hey, we're glad to be on the air, that you're tuning in with us. We're glad that – we're just glad all the, overall it's another day that we're able to do this, and we appreciate all that you do to do it, uh, to help this show be successful. And we want you to continue to do so. Call in, 347-237-5230. That's how you get in on your comments in on the air. Uh, join the chat room, blogtalkradio.com. Uh, uh, get on the chat room. And uh, anywhere else you can join us, we're here. We're glad that you're here. So we're going to be talking about uh, 
the Trayvon Martin thing, and, and I met, I talked a little bit about it last week, uh, and uh, you know it's continued to kind of. I'm gonna be honest with you, it, it's 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 billowing, it's blowing out of proportion. Uh, you have quite a, a bit of thing, you know, quite more that's been revealed uh, as far as from the press. Uh, there's still there's still uh, some investigation going going at the local level, the state level, and now at the federal level as uh, uh, the federal uh, federal justice Department of Justice have sent in investigators or task for you know to see this and investigate it and. The state prosecutor or the state attorney or whoever it is uh, is not really uh, is said to not be cooperating, and, and you know there have been smear attempts on both both parties. Um, now and 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 there have been some who've been saying is smearing you know the, those who are smearing Trayvon are right wing you know extremists, and, and that's not true. I, you know you know. Um, well, I don't even know why it always has to be the right wing got to be about <laughs> behind everything. But um, um, as as more more is information being about released about Trayvon, you know, his suspension from school, um, um, a possible photo of him being affiliated with a gang, and that has yet to be verified, um, you know, and. Um, all these other negative things that are, are coming out and coming from from who knows where, but are being put forth in the media and leaked to media outlets, and they're just having a, a go at it. And the same thing with uh, George Zimmerman, uh, Zimmerman, the uh, the shooter, uh, who is still in hiding. Um, he's had his friends come out, and, and here's the thing: you know, a black friend was. You know that was the one that was making a medium appearances during the week. You know his black friend and his black friend, black friend. I emphasize black friend was the one talking up his character and how you know he how shy he really is and how uh, how you know he was not in his nature to do such a thing. Uh, and if he did, if it were as it said, and if it occurred, if that said it occurred, then it was truly self defense. Um, and you have uh, more background, you know, more information coming about his um, his uh, background with law enforcement, you know, his run-ins with the law, and how um, his parents are are affluent and influential, and that's what they're saying to cover up all kinds of things. And, and uh, so both are being smeared. Both, uh, you know, both are being smeared, and both are trying to be presented as angels. Also, both sides, you know, um, and, and this complicate this further complicates the incident, the issue. The I think the underlying issue with this whole situation is not about race, and I'm, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about why in a little bit. I don't think it's about race. I think it's been made to be about race uh, because. Uh, of several things, and don't let me forget. I'm talking about that in a second, but uh, it's not about race. My 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 belief and and what I think is about I think is about injustice. The injustice of the fact that Zimmerman was not arrested. He was questioned and released. Well, he was not arrested. He was not detained. Uh, let me put it that way. He was questioned on the scene and released on the scene. He was not detained. And went to you know to to the to the jail and questioned and interrogated. It, it was not done there. And I think that's the initial outrage. And I think if we focus on that, then there's a validation to the to the other thing. The fact that race has come into it has all but devalued the entirety of of uh, the situation. And I know some people, some of you may not agree with me, and I, I, that's nothing wrong with that. You're you're welcome to do so. Uh, and I'm gonna tell you why I don't think race is um, has anything to do with it. Uh, one, uh, it's not because uh, uh, it's not because either one of them are minorities. Zimmerman is uh, he's mixed like most folk down. You know, he's mixed. He's he got a little bit of everything in him, but it's largely Hispanic. Uh, so so and, and of course. Is 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 African American, black, or however you want to call it. Uh, so race is is uh, is not an issue. Uh, we've made it to be an issue because uh, for black folk, we always have to have that 
to feel validated. The race issue validates us as a people. I don't know why it is, but that what it uh it was not the case during the civil rights unit, civil rights movement. Uh, it's a, it was a different type of validation that was needed then. That validation was one that, okay, we're not just black, but we are also a part of the American schemata. You know, we're part of the American, fra- American fabric. We're part of this. And to neglect this part or to oppress this part is oppressing the entire nation. And from that, from those voices, freedom came, liberation came, you know, desegregation, integration, all of that came about from those voices of oppressed people unified under one banner, not just the banner of being black, but the banner of being black and oppressed. Uh, and several other groups have been trying to use that that um, format since uh since the mid seventies at least the mid seventies you know with women's rights and with uh, uh gay rights uh, rights of the beast rights of everybody you know and i i'm not not i'm not uh speaking against that i'm just saying that they use that that same type of that same type of passion that same type of solidarity however now thirty years later fifty years removed from the civil rights you know the 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 peak and climax of the civil rights movement. Uh, about 50 years, you know, over 40 years removed from that. And um, we're trying to still unite under that banner of racism and oppression. And the problem is, is that we have become part of the oppressors ourselves. I said that. Uh, we can't use that argument anymore. We can't use the argument that someone else is oppressing us because we now are oppressing ourselves. We can't use the argument of racism because we're allowing blatant racism against ourselves. Think about it. You know, we, we <laughs> it's always been the case with, with, with uh, uh, people of color, blacks, you know, skin color matter. You know, the fairer skin, you know, you were the house nigger. The darker skin, you were the field nigger. And the mentality continues to this day, uh, even from our actors, actresses. You know, it it, it it goes that way for some reason. But the, uh, I, I think the incident with Trayvon and all this being brought out um, is it, it has to be addressed. Yes, it has to be addressed. But if we're going to address this, we need to address it in solidarity because there's a lot more issues that are coming out that are uh, are being neglected. Because this incident of Trayvon Martin is coming to the forefront, uh, and the forefront is that a mass amount of people being moved emotionally are standing up for what they be, what they believe to be an injustice. However, the injustice itself is a maybe just a fallacy. Maybe just a fallacy. What do you mean by a fallacy? In, in other words. The entire situation in which the argument is built may be faulty, and of course we're seeing that because uh, the initial one, the initial cry was racism, and that's no longer no longer applicable. Uh, I, I think the 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 cry of him being unarmed is probably the most justifiable one. The fact that this young man was unarmed is, you know, that's a good that's a good argument to say that it was unjustifiable. And that arrest is, you know, is 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 necessary. Is it warranted for those actions? I I think that's a justifiable argument. Uh, if we went on that alone, that would be enough. Um, to 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 for you know for such an action. Now on the flip side, I don't think we're doing enough to address the reality of what's going on in our communities when it comes to this same type of oppression that's going on, and. When I when I say about that, because there's so much that's going on, I got a lot of stuff I want to share, and there's so little time to share. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to share some stories with you I think would prove interesting that happened here in the Mississippi area, uh, in Mississippi. And I want to get your opinions on about this. I believe it's significant to what's going on with the Trayvon Martin case, and, and I, I think it's very pertinent. So we're going to come back. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back from this break um, – 
we'll be talking about some more about um we'll be talking some more about what's really going on. Is it really victimology? Because I think there's a cult of victimology that we fall uh, we uh have fallen into as blacks. Uh is it um is it profiling? Or is it just simply ignorance on the black people part? We're coming back. We'll be back right after this. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through IncomeAtHome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people like Karen, who need to earn serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now, it's a six figure income and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit IncomeAtHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. When mucus piles up in your chest, the congestion can get in the way of your day. Vacuum with mud, not the floor. With so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this trippy. You have the magic Maximum Strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion. And only Mucinex is a bilayered tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <coughs> What about my Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in, mucus out. So then I said, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm flattered that you love chocolate, but I'm here strictly in a professional. What's wrong with him? He thinks you're naked. My shell is brown. It just looks like my milk chocolate is showing. Only a fool would think I'd actually show up naked. So it's that kind of party. Hit it! I'm sexy and I know it. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com those of you who've listened to my show uh, realized that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me. And I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So, if, if, if you you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup.
love that song <laughs> and uh i'm gonna be honest with you i have an ulterior motive to playing that song i, I want to get into this i want to segue into a different um a, a different um not a different topic just a different approach to the to the topic of trayvon martin and i leading out of that last 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 segment i, I talked about victimology and I'm going to be honest with you. I believe, it is my belief, that uh, black people uh, and America, the American culture today, is plagued with the psychology of victimhood. The psychology of victimhood. Uh, I I know you're probably wondering what in the world is psychology. What is victimhood? Uh, Victimhood is more than somebody just putting shifting blame to someone else. Um, uh, let me let me give you an example. Uh, in the '80s, when Marion Barry, who was the former mayor of D.C., uh, he got caught smoking crack, right? Caught red-handed. Um, and as a result, you know, of course, he was he didn't get reelected. He did some prison time. He did get reelected. He did some prison time, but he did get reelected. Um, but he didn't blame himself for being caught or, or, or for the act. He blamed, you know, the lady who he clu- uh, accused of setting him up. You know, even though he 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 did the act, he blamed the person who was in the room with him, you know, for his demise. Uh, there's another incident. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, there there are people who just do some crazy things. And then uh, expect to be reciprocated, uh, uh, or you know, reimbursed, or, or, or you know, whatever you want to call it, for those actions. Well, I was watching the court show, and a young man decided that um, he was going to the he was driving someone riding with someone's car in someone's car, and he decided that he was going to jump out of the car while it was right, you know, while they were driving. And in the process of jumping out of the car, he ended up not only falling out and harming himself, but damaging the car, the window, and things of that nature. And so when he, you know, it was one of these court TV shows. I'm not sure exactly which one. But in in the process of this little joyride act, he ended up injuring himself and damaging the car. The owner of the car sued for the damages, and he felt, no, he sued, he sued her. Uh, he sued the owner of the car for his health, uh, you know, health coverage and all that because he felt that it was her fault for letting him do that. <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying. I know you're probably wondering where and where I'm going with this. And give me time. I, I get to it. Um, my point is that there, that we live in a world where everybody feels a victim. And as a pastor, I see it all the time because you know we have pastors who are. Uh, uh, members who, who also have that that same mentality, you know, I'm the victim. You're supposed to do this for me, 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 me. And some pastors, they have the same ta- same mentality. You know, it's all about me. That's what the victim uh, uh, psychology of victim victimhood is. Uh, but victimization is not it's not a, a new phenomenon. It's been going on. It's just that it's been heightened. Um, more so, and and when you look in uh, in the case of Trayvon, uh, the way the way this has been uh, thrust upon uh, the American consciousness, the way it has been thrust upon the American consciousness has been one of this person is a victim, blame everybody else but him, and in in some way that 
you know, in in some ways that is that is adequate because again, he was unarmed. He was unarmed. He, as far as we know, was was stalked, and you can say stalked because uh, Zimmerman was was advised by nine one one operator not to pursue a chase or whatever, but yet he did. And that zeal cost both of them right now. Well, you know, it's cost Trayvon his life. It hasn't cost Zimmerman his life. It's just got him in hiding right now. But uh, in all of that, uh, the victim has been raised as a martyr. Is you know he's become a martyr for the cause. He's become a martyr for for all that's going on. And um. Um, it 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 it's it is it, uh, and people are donning these hoodies and all of these things. I I tell you, two things that have been really gone gone good this week for some companies: Skittles and the, uh, the tea company. I think it was the Arizona Tea. Uh, they have made a lot of money, <laughs> and, and you know there are others who have been exploiting. Uh, been exploiting this thing. There's a lot of different things, but uh, I digress. Uh, so this this victimhood psychology, the psychology of victimhood, has come to the forefront in this particular case. However, it has not been the case. It has not come to the case, to the forefront when it comes to other crimes involving black men. I, I use black men in particular because we are the uh, the common uh, the most uh, Progenitors of, of crime in the in the black community, and I'm gonna show you this. This weekend, this weekend in the state of Mississippi, there were two shootings involving college students, two murders involving college students. Uh, two murder, two college students were murdered. Uh, this weekend, this past weekend on Saturday, one was a white male student from who attended Mississippi State University. Okay. Mississippi State University is a predominantly uh, predominantly black or predominantly white institution, and the young man was a, a 21-year-old student who uh, was from the Greater Jackson area, metro area, and he was killed uh, in front of one of the, the dormitories on the campus of Mississippi State University, um, and. In the following days, they have arrested uh, the three three young males who have been who were uh, were all allegedly involved in the shooting, and every last one of them, all three of them, were black males, aged nineteen to twenty one. Where's the outrage for that? Three young black males go to a college campus. None of them attended the college, and. Whatever the situation may have been, we don't know the circumstances surrounding the death of the young white male, but they killed this white male. And if the white people, if the white people had started marching and rallying, or if they do that, guess what would happen? <laughs> I don't want to see that happen in Mississippi. But what if they expressed and, and displayed that same type of of, of anger and, and uh, all kinds of nonsensical emotional reactions that we've been displaying regarding Trevon Martin. What if they displayed that for this young black this young white male? What would we call that racist? What would we do? What what would be the reaction? I, I just want you to think about that for a moment. What would be the reaction? What would be the reaction if uh from that, you know? Where where is the reaction from that? You know, it's been pretty calm, you know, they announced it on the news, it made national media attention. Uh some media outlets made it, you know, reported it, but it didn't make the national headlines um, like Trayvon's made it. And all three of these young black men who were involved in this murder fled. Not one of them were arrested. In the, uh, Only one was arrested in the state. And he was arrested here in Jackson, Mississippi. He was arrested here in Jackson in hiding. The other two young men fled the state. They fled the state. I, I that shows you how quick they fled. They the crime happened Saturday night, and they were out of the state probably before Sunday morning. Both uh and all were surrendered. You know, 
not voluntary, but their families, you know, pretty much gave the leads to where they were. Where's the outreach for that? These black men committed a crime against a white person. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not on any side. I'm just trying to get that information out. Where's the outrage for that? Why does, you know, why don't we have the same type of outrage? Also, the same weekend, the same night, a young black freshman student at Jackson State University, predominantly black university, gets killed, gets shot at an apartment building, a pool party, at a pool party not far away from the campus. This is blacks killing blacks. His family comes, and his family gets on the media. They get on the news, and they're saying that um, Jackson State officials are covering up the murder of their son because it involved football players. And they're outraged that the university is defending or, 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 or hiding these football players allegedly and, and you know it's just it's basically hearsay they don't know what happened nobody nobody has come to the line line to the forefront and stated what happened and, and the persons who committed the crime are still out here but we know they were black well how do you know black <laughs> do i need to go there we know they were black black university apartments right by the university okay i'm yeah. Okay. Let's say they weren't black. Let's say they weren't black. Let's say they weren't. Let's say they weren't black. They weren't part of the university. They they weren't a student at all. Let's just let's even say that they were white. Where's the where's the outrage for that? I, I we cannot continue in this uh, this victim mentality. This victimhood mentality is actually working against us. And, and when you look at it, when you, when you look at it, when when you look at how it has hurt us, um, we 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 well, just look in the communities. For example, on the same night that Trevon Martin was was uh, was killed, there were twelve murders on the south side of Chicago. Forty eight uh, reports of shootings on that same night. Forty eight shootings, twelve murders, all blacks. Where was Jesse Jackson? Where was Al Sharpton? Where was all these others who were, uh, you know, were rallying down there for these who were killed by their own kind? Oh, oh, I, I get it, I get it. They didn't matter because they were probably thugs. They were probably involved in gangs. They were probably involved in some type of illegal activity that led to their demise. Therefore, their death is not as important as the death of this young, teenage, unarmed boy. I don't see I don't see the difference. I don't see how it is not related. I don't see how this is not more important or just as important as the latter, as the former, or the latter. Why is it that we are allowing Trevon to become a martyr under the guise of racism and oppression, and we're allowing our black men to be oppressed by killing themselves? Why are we allowing that? What about what if you really want to get even further into it? You're talking about injustice. You're talking about okay. Let's say, let's say Zimmerman does get arrested. He's charged with uh, aggravated manslaughter, and he's on probation. Would that satisfy the howlings of these persons? No, it's not. It's not going to satisfy them because they're going to demand that he gets, you know, life in prison or death penalty. And 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 if, uh, since the government is in investigating it as a hate crime if they if it goes that far then of course he will receive that but will there be justice no it won't be justice let, let me tell I'm, I'm gonna share i'm gonna share a story with you um 2010 my brother was murdered my brother was murdered by one of his good friends uh, I, you know in the hood in the projects and this was just uh two years ago two years ago he was murdered and the young man, I've known him for a very long time, and, you know, he's always had issues with the law and, you know, behavior and things of nature. Uh, 
but where was the you know where was the cry and where was the rally? You know, we buried my brother. He got a jail sentence. That's I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm still a little conflicted about it whether it was too long or just right. But he got a nice little jail sentence. Uh, just about uh, just about fifty years. So you know he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. But where was the cry? Where was outrage about this crime, man? You know, why didn't I do it? Why didn't I cry out? That's a good question. Why didn't I cry out? You know, I prayed. I cried for my brother. I was green. But it still needs to, the issue still needs to be raised. The fact that we are playing victims. And allowing ourselves to still remain uh, to be the ones who are keeping our own selves oppressed. Victimhood is one thing, you know. You see, in, in claiming the status of a victim, and by by saying uh, by by shifting all blame to others. It, it 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 makes the person who is doing so uh appear morally superior um and at the same time it gives them the opportunity to disown any responsibility of their behavior and in the case with martin and in the case with uh or in the case with Javon martin um uh, more, as more and more reports come out about what he did to contribute to his demise, what he did to contribute, uh, as the reports of Zimmerman's, Zimmerman's injury. And I'm going to be honest with you. Zimmerman should just follow directions and let the people handle their business. Uh, I, you cannot shift blame totally to Trevon. You cannot shift blame totally to Zimmerman. Uh, both are both share in responsibility uh, because if it is accurate that uh, Trevon kind of was, uh, you know, sucker punched, whatever it may have been. If that is accurate, well, then, yeah, he may have contributed to it. If it is accurate that they were wrestling on the ground and shot went off, then, yeah, he contributed to it. Um, and, and I'm, I'm a, you know, I haven't been a, a high school teacher, haven't been around young black men because I taught at predominantly black schools all most of my career, uh, teaching career. Uh, I know how stubborn they could. I know how standoffish they could be. Uh, they just like that. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you the number of times that uh, I've been challenged by the, these teenagers, <laughs> you know, who who they they're trying to find, you know, their their role. They're trying to make themselves seem like an authority figure, and they want to challenge the authority of others. And I know that. I mean, I've been there, done that, and it it, it never fails to me how how far they will go. To push those limits, you know, they will push and push and push, and, and you know, I thank God for restraint. <laughs> Sometimes I wanted to push, push, push back, but I understand that uh, to Zimmerman, it may have he may have come across a little intimidating, he may have come across a little agitated, he may have come across that, but uh, again, in either case, we cannot assume uh, that. You know this this young man was angelic and he did nothing wrong. We also cannot assume that Zimmerman also was angelic and did nothing wrong. The reality is both contributed to the incident, and we have to acknowledge that. And as black folk, we have to do the same thing in our communities. We cannot say and shift blame to one particular uh, race or organization uh, when we are allowing oppression in our own selves, in our own communities, and from the churches. To the public schools, to the uh, you know, to to uh, to the gangs, to the streets, whatever it may be, we cannot shift blame any longer. Because the more we shift blame and say somebody else is responsible for this, our young men are going to continue to shoot them up, shoot each other up over the most frivolous of things. The most frivolous of things. And when I say the most frivolous of things, I mean. Uh, it, for example, I go back to the, the Jackson State student who was shot this past weekend. Now, the report alleges that the young man simply bumped into someone that led into – and that little bump led into an altercation that led to his demise. Now, you, you understand what I'm saying? Something simple as that, if that were the case, if that were the case, if that, if that were the case, uh, 
we, we, we just in trouble. We cannot allow that to happen. But that is what's happening far too long, too far too many communities. And I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, I've also read several incidents now because anytime now, you know, anytime a person in authority does something that seems to injure another person of minority, it is you know it's an outrage. We should we should say that 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 covers all grounds. We should say that, but particularly with with African Americans, it is not an outrage until it's able to be blamed on someone else outside of our race. Now, um, uh, we we still need to pray for him or for his family. They they got a lot of do they have a, they have an uphill battle. But the question is, will they be content with the just uh, with what justice is served? Will they be content? I'm, I'm gonna say no. I don't think they'll be content. There's still agitators who'll be seeking more. I mean, they'll be like the Queen, Queen of Hearts, and you know, Alice in Wonderland, off with his head. You know, they'll be doing that. And how how will we as a community react? Uh, of course, you know we're gonna be angry, just just as uh, some um, victims are angry. When the the justice system seems to not be in the favor of the oppressed, and that's the way we, you know, how do how do we how do we deal with that? How do we how we counter that? How do we, you know, manage the fact that there is oppression going on in the world? What about the, you know, especially in Africa, uh, we can only we can only hope and pray and and vote and get our voices heard. Not a voice of a victim, but a voice of a victor, the voice of one who uh, uh one uh, one people, a voice of a people who understand who they are, understand the power that they have as a collective. Because you know, it amazed me how many people, how many churches, how many organizations jumped on this hoodie bandwagon, and all of this. But you know, so many people have not done anything else. Past that, we'll not do anything past that. They won't do anything past that. It's our goal to, it's our hope that empowerment would come from the situation. Not empowerment for victims, for more victims. We don't need more victims. We don't need, uh, we don't need a deeper level of a victimhood psychology. What we need is an empowered people standing up for righteousness and justice for every oppressed group, individual. Uh, you know that's what we need. We can do it. I believe we can do it. It takes a little heart, but we can do it. Well, I'm 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 gonna wrap up on that one. Uh, I'm wrap up on that one. I uh, I've had fun. <laughs> I I had fun before I end this broadcast. I I want to commend um my my brother in ministry, Pastor Jamal Bryant, for the initiative that he's he's taking on. And those of you who are my listening audience. And I want you to know uh, the, there's still a need for you to be a part of the electoral process. And uh, Dr. Bryan and others have taken up the initiative to try to, re- uh, to, try to register one million voters on Easter Sunday. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're a layperson, get your pastor to tell them to get out and get those regis- voter registration cards. Those who are not registered to vote, to get them registered to vote, not for a particular party. Don't tell them what to, you know, sign up for the Democrat or Republican Party. Uh, just get them registered to vote. I'm pushing that. I think it's a great thing. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, one of my members brought it to my attention uh, before uh, Dr. Bryan announced that he would be doing, uh, he and his group would be doing that. And I said, this is a wonderful thing. And since it's going to be doing on Easter, we're, we're, we're going right ahead. We want to make sure that we have people registered to vote so people can hear and the voices of the oppressed can, can get their voices out. That's what we want. That's what we're hoping and praying for. So, Enjoy the rest of the week. It's Palm Sunday. Get your praise on. Get your goo on. Get your eat on. Whatever else you got to get on and glorify God in the process. And until next week, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Thank you for listening. You have a wonderful, wonderful week. God bless you.